0: up strangers bored of the same old music Weekend Defender Radio pulls together an eclectic mix of classic tunes bangers and anthems join us for our classic hip hop evenings house party sessions on Friday and Saturday nights and chilled out sets for the Sunday morning headache last night a DJ saved my life from a broken heart hold it down boy your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her Visit radio.weekendoffender.com. Welcome back to the Talk Darbetsman Podcast been a while hasn't it it's uh, it's been too long I've been uh, I've been very busy I'm not gonna bore you with the the details it saddens me to say there's not going to be as many talk derby to me as, as there has been in the in the past but if the opportunity arises that I can speak to to some of the interesting people that we sometimes get a chance to speak to then we'll get them on and the opportunity arose when I I bumped into Jackmate who some of you may know who Saddens me to say in some ways, but he's the best podcaster in the country. He's regularly number one on the Spotify podcast chart. He's got a Spotify exclusive podcast uh, alongside uh, Stevie White, his his best mate, and uh, Robbie Knox, who's a, a friend of the podcast. And it was through Robbie Knox that I went to his famous FIFA tournament that he hosts once a year. A random afternoon, I, I was drawn out as USA, so went in fancy dress as Colonel Sanders. Shout out to Levy next door for the for the as ever, and um, I bumped into Jack, mate, and we had a a bit of a chat. Got on straight away, and he was telling stories about how he basically blagged like his first few guests, DM'd Ricky Gervais, got Ricky Gervais on that kind of gave him his, his lift, and we were exchanging stories about how we get people on. And I said, "Well, real a few beers deep, why don't you come on to talk the Arbor to me?" So here he is on talk the Arbor to me. Me, Blake, follows the worst podcaster in the country. Speaking to Jack, mate, the best podcaster in the country. Enjoy. Welcome on to talk to me this week. We've got a um, a proper podcaster, so I need to up my game a little bit because it's um, I'm with the big boys. Uh, Jack, mate, is with us from the Happy Hour podcast, and uh, I started... Um, I first come across Jack years ago via his YouTube channel and Navi's podcast. So welcome aboard,
1: mate. It's uh, it's nice to have you. Mate, pleasure, pleasure. I'm a little bit worried that this is gonna be very derby centric because i my my knowledge of Derby's minimal. Uh I know that Rooney mugs you off a little bit. Um, but apart from that, did, did he? Is that the general consensus from Derby fans or do they love him?
0: Uh I think
1: uh yeah, we had a good season and he and he kind of went it was all a bit of a mess, really. Yeah it's like sort of getting a girlfriend you know you're punching above your weight but she gives you the best year of your life and then she sort of leaves you in the mud you go back to your old sort yeah of
0: and now, now, is it, now is it dc it's like she's away traveling and looking at her instagram <laughs> she's finding herself she's yeah. on a travel <laughs> we're not moving on yeah, have, you so. got, uh, have you got any links that? because when the robbie's been on a few times robbie oxy you do the yeah. podcast with sometimes and then um, he once went to Matlock, which is about 15 miles from me, and that qualified him to come on to talk Derby to me.
1: Oh, I have got a link. You know, I went to I, I played football in Derby. Um, your what's your is your is your ground Pride Park? Pride Park, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't play there. I played just outside it on a little industrial estate. There's like a goals or like a power league or something. Yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the worst place I've ever been because it was it's like inside, isn't it? It's inside. Yeah. it's but you played there. Yeah, I used to play there every week. It's like <laughs> a, a side place. Yeah. It's boiling hot. I mate. I j- literally we like um, you know, um into uh, shopping centres like yeah. we like um my mate used to work there and apparently every year they have like an annual um, football tournament between shopping centres so I just I just played for the Norwich one. big up Chatterfield FC by the way and uh <laughs> and uh I just it was just there so it's during the World Cup as well so I missed um I missed loads of games uh just to come and absolutely sweat my nut off in a in a random sort of place in Derby it was weird. Rest in peace Power League it's now one of them indoor is it Paddle
0: What's that new racket sport that's taking the world by storm? The, the oh. indoor thing where it's like it's all that
1: now, is it? Yeah, rest in peace. It was too, I mean, it was too hot for football, so I think it's going to be too hot for that sort of paddle bit as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's a strange place, is You have to come up sometime and uh, I'll show you around.
1: And I did, um, I did a video where, um, I went to every city in the u k in ten days and we hit a golden ticket in each city. it's like a Willy Wonka type thing, and uh Derby was on there as well, so we hit a ticket somewhere in Derby, but where exactly I can't remember, but yeah, I'd love to come up so i I, I was actually on the um talk Derby to me Twitter account earlier today, just seeing what you was all about, and I see uh, you've got the cheapest pint in the u k yeah, love it you love it seeing the- that. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it?
0: They reckon. I mean, I don't know what it's based on because it's not that where I drink. But they reckon you can get the average pint's three pound. Is it? Is well, it? I, I don't see. I don't see what done. I don't know what how they've done. It. I think it was Ludbarble who done this survey, but I don't know what it's based on. I don't know where the data's come from.
1: Well, the only place you can sort of get a pint cheaper than that is in Weatherspoons, isn't it? So if the average for Derby is three pounds, that means even your high end ones aren't going to be that much. So yeah, shout out Derby. Yeah,
0: big got right. I um I came across you and, and followed you for a while and it was through your YouTube content. It was, it was a bit edgier back in the day, wasn't it? It was a little <laughs> just quit calling people out and stuff. And I thought, well, this is a this is a bit of me. This because you're, <laughs> you're basically saying what I was thinking. How how did it
1: get started that you one day go right? I'm gonna I'm gonna make some YouTube videos. I started like. I'm one of the, like the OGs, really. Like I, I remember back in the day that, that there'll, there'll be some people out there that remember the likes of. I don't know if you do, Blake, but do you remember Charlie is so cool? Like, do you remember him? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Wow, Neremon, like Tom Milsom. There was loads of like OG Crabsticks was one that I liked. Like I started back when all these um, oh the headphones have come out professional, innit? Um, I started back in the day when when all these lads were doing it. Uh, I would think I was 16 when I started. I think it was 2000 and 2007 and um people used to just mug me off at school because i was doing weird videos i was doing like 10 things you can do with a banana and stuff like that so not not high-end content by any stretch of the imagination um and then yeah um, and people would like i'd go to my sort of sunday league football team and that people would mug me off and just take the piss because i was that weird g- you know how everyone does youtube now everyone like, it has got a podcast everyone makes content and so they should back then i don't think many people were so i was that kind of like weird person at school like we had a girl that barked in our school and she she drew on her vans like um swaz stickers and stuff and like she was a an absolute fruit loop I was like the equivalent of her not in terms of the sort of like far right ideology but like <laughs> just just being a bit of a nutter really um and then anyway long story short that weren't working out for a long time um but I was a bit of a fanboy of youtubers and I'd, I'd go and watch I'd go and um I would go to these like YouTuber meetups, and I'd be in awe of them. But the first thing they'd do when they come up to me is be like, "How many subscribers you've got? Uh, have you got how much money you made?" And that kind of that kind of killed my dream a little bit. I was like, "Oh, is that what we're? Is that what this is about?" So I decided that they were all pretentious assholes, and that I'd call them out for one reason or another. Um, and, and that's how like my sort of villain arc began. And then I became the anti-YouTuber. And uh, all the YouTubers that I once loved, uh, I was calling cunts. I don't know if you can swear on it. but uh, You well, can believe it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just sort of made a made a name for myself and made a made a living and um, calling people out. At the start, I think I I, I really I, I I was the dickhead. I think um, I was just calling people out for anything left, right, and centre. When nobody's perfect anyway. Like I've got. Questionable old tweets and lo- I've done. I've made mistakes as well. But as you get older and you get more mature, you learn that there are some things that should be called out, and there are some things that, like, if someone's selling a t-shirt for ten pound more than it should be, fuck it, that's on them. Yeah, do you
0: yeah. think you need that age extra, extra to be to stand out though? Jeph had just been a bit, oh, they're, they're a little bit like jay You've got to be a bit extreme, money to stand out and get that that niche, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I know, and I, I definitely developed a kind of character like. Like on my Jackmate video, I think people know the real me now, or or as much as I'm sort of like ninety-five percent of me. They know because of the podcast. Like it's one thing doing a ten-minute video edited down. Like I'd I'd record for like two hours and edit it down to ten minutes, and I'd put on this whole like wild, extravagant character. Whereas on the podcast, each week I speak for two, three, four, five hours every week. You can't put on an act that long. Like even Logan Paul or somebody like that couldn't put on an act for that long. So I think people do know the the real me, but I, I i don't regret anything at all because um like you said you do have to put on a bit of a bit uh you have to be a bit while you have to you have to stick your head above the sort of parapet sort of thing and and, and um the, but like even back then i know i said that not everyone was doing it It was still fucking load of people doing it so you do still need to try and be a bit different uh but i'm i'm so lucky that i have the audience i have now because i can just be myself just be normal and i haven't got to try and win anyone round Was there a moment where you kind of thought like uh,
0: I'm going to make a living from this or this is like I'm onto something here like you remember like a video or a moment where you kind of thought right I'm I'm onto something here.
1: I remember my first ever check from from Google AdSense was um, £65 purely because you had to hit £60 for them to bother paying you like that was the threshold and um I've never really had the best relationship with my mum but I've always had a really good relationship with my dad and I remember we had one computer in our house and I got this £60 and my mum was like right now you're earning you have to start paying me rent but I was about 16 I was like that's only 65 quid I went to Topman I bought three different t-shirts you remember them old ones with a different colour collar and the buttons yeah 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 I went and bought them and then she went what are you doing buying um buying these t-shirts and my dad went well he needs it he's a proper youtuber now he needs to wear different clothes in every video I thought that was lovely because he had my back from the start and I really wasn't a proper youtuber I'd like done the bare minimum but um so I just kept plodding along plodding along making about 60 quid a month 60 quid a month um and then when I eventually moved out I kind of I was living in my uncle's box room and my uncle's uh got a few problems and that but lovely enough to keep me in but his house wasn't there the nicest house in the world and I was living in this little box room upstairs and I was I I'd never say I was depressed because I think that's that's uh, that takes it away from people who actually are, are, are diagnosed with depression but I was I was very sad and I remember sort of like looking around and I looked at my camera and I looked at my computer and I thought I really need to fucking give this a go like I need to I need to make this serious serious so I went on Amazon I bought a whiteboard and I tell you now, it's the best thing I've ever bought So I bought a huge whiteboard. I screwed it into the wall above my bed, and I just wrote a plan. And I made a, And I made a deal with myself that can't remember which year it was. I probably sh- should remember because I've told this story before. But let's say it was 2012. Um, I just ma- made an agreement with myself that I'd say yes to any opportunity that came like came in my inbox. So I was going to London like three, four times a week. I was interviewing people I didn't even know who they were, just like randomers. Like um, I remember there was some music no offense to her because I'm not sure what she's doing now but there was a musician called um Nikki B (laughs) I don't know who that is but I went and interviewed her and then I think I just managed to like build up my interview skills and stuff and then I don't know if I'm waffling too much Blake I don't know how how long uh,
0: um
1: and then um basically I learned that if I got 30,000 views on a video and I did two videos a week eight videos a month that would just cover my rent um which was 200 pound which wasn't a lot so I kept doing that for a while and then it all kind of like comes to a head when I uploaded a video and it got 5,000 views and I thought, I can't be a YouTuber anymore. It's just not, it's just not working. The very next day I released a video um, slagging off Zoella's advent calendar. So for a little bit of context, she's a, she was a very popular YouTuber back in the day, a beauty vlogger. She had a product uh, range in boots and stuff, and she brought out an advent calendar. It was only 12 doors. It was £50. Pounds. I remember and, it. And, it. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, bought, and I bought this calendar, and I was shitting myself, mate, because £50 pound on a video, I was like, I'm not making that like I'm. Not, I'm not going to make that back. So I bought this fifty pound advent calendar. I absolutely ripped into it. I made like this comedy sketch. I was sat in the pub and I was saying to my mates. I was show. I showed them, and none of my mates liked my videos. Like they, they're all like, we don't want to see that shit, mate. You're not Jack, mate, to us. And uh, I get, I get this video out, and I'm like, do you reckon she could sue me for this, like defamation of product or character or whatever? And they went, yeah, probably. Don't post it. I was like, oh, all right then. Had three or four beers. And I was feeling a little bit loose. And they went, oh, fuck it, post it. So I was like, all right, posted it. Woke up the next day, I had 200,000 views. Next day, I had over a million. And my subscriber count went from like 100,000 that I'd built up over like five years to like 700,000 in the space of a couple of days. And me and my granddad were sat there at my, at my uncle's house just watching the live subscriber count go up and up and up. And it sounds like an absolute cliche, but that's exactly how it happened. And um that changed my life from then 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 on. Because like I say, the, the previous video I struggled to hit 5k, and all the videos after that were getting two, three, four hundred thousand on every single one. So hi guys, how you doing? It's Jack Mate here, and as you'll know, it's November, which means Christmas is just around the corner. And I don't know about you, but to me, Christmas means three things. The John Lewis advert is back on TV, the pigs in blankets are in the oven cooking. I can already smell them, and above all else, the exploitation of young children by their YouTube idols is in false. Today, guys, we are reviewing a brand new product just released by our friend Zoella. That's right, it's Zoella's colander. It's Zoella's calendar, which we were lucky enough to nick from Boots. Uh. Which we were lucky enough to buy from Boots. Now I know a lot of people have been asking online, why the hell is this fifty pounds? Well, I think the question is, why isn't it sixty? It's got twenty five gifts in there. That means a new gift every single day twelve of the month. Ma- huh? Twelve dollars. It's got twelve. It's got twelve dollars. Then why the fuck is it fifty quid? Never look back. That's Never it. look back. Yeah. That, that literally that that was it and, th- and and then i started to see a little dip in views again about four years ago maybe like a year after that video and that was when i decided to make the happy hour podcast and that has elevated my sort of youtube and online career to a, to a whole new level that i could never foresee coming
0: how does that, how does that come back then happy hour because uh, like you say it's hard podcasts are like a bit like ourselves at the minute everyone's got one haven't they um,
1: yeah
0: but yeah it's hard to make to have a niche and to stand out and stuff. So how did the idea of doing a podcast and how did it all come about to be where you are?
1: I was talking about this um, on the podcast yesterday with Robbie Knox, actually, obviously our mutual friend. but um, it was weird because, th- don't get me wrong, I didn't invent podcasts. They've been going on for years. Like, we grew up listening to the um, Ricky Gervais XFM show and stuff, Like, and basically I just wanted to copy copy that. And four or five years ago when I started, like you say, everyone's got a podcast now, but not, not everyone had one then five years ago like there, you had your big ones like I think my dad wrote a porno was a big one back then and there was like I, there was a few floating about but not not to the level that we see it now to the scale that we see it today so I just texted my mate Stevie who works who worked in boots and went do you fancy doing a podcast? And uh, he said, yeah, I've got Mondays off. So I went, all right, I kind of know a studio in London. So we met up the following Monday, chat. Originally, it was going to be a YouTube drama show, because like I said, my villain arc, I needed to really continue that. So I was going to call YouTubers out every, every Monday. Um, and we did that for about, we did it with another YouTuber called I'm Alex, who was similar to me in terms of calling people out. And after about 14, 15 weeks doing that, I thought, this is pretty soulless. Um, I can't be bothered to keep slagging people off. And also I quite, like why why would I slag KSI off I'd quite like him on the podcast let's get some let's get the revenue up so actually I like you JJ you're pretty, you're a good lad you fancy coming on I don't care if your t-shirts are 85 quid <laughs> uh, and then he and then um yeah and then we've got loads of guests on and it's sort of just yeah it's gone from shrimp to shrimp mate really yeah, uh, he just reminded me of them videos as well, calling through JJ. he the one of his mum in the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he, he had he had his mum in a lot of videos back then, but he used to beat his brother up, didn't he? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolute deck him as well. Every isn't it mad how like every sort of generation has a thing, like like my mum like she's she she no Stevie's mum likes um, Elvis, and like but like my granddad likes sort of Sinatra. We've got KSI. <laughs> <laughs> In it like we've got Lamborghini Look, Lamborghini Look, Lamborghini <laughs> bitch I know you've seen it Gandalf's at home slow waltzing Sinatra we're a different breed we are oh, it's, it's kind of our fault we're part of the problem <laughs> yeah. yeah I love it I'm not actually bad mouthing Kevin he he's one of the good ones he genuinely is one of the good ones how did it get to the level it is
0: then? Cause I mean, I know what it's like to a, a different level, getting, trying to chase people down and getting people on. And we had a quick chat when I, when I met you the other week about mm. the grind and, and getting people on. And you've got, you've had some unreal guests. I mean, the, the most jealous I think I've been was Eddie Hearn that you had. Oh, I was like, wow, that is a guest.
1: Really? Yeah. Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Fair. Um, I, I got real lucky, real, real lucky. Cause I managed to interview my comedy hero, Ricky Gervais about three, four years ago. Um, I, it it was it was mad how that come about but um we sort of stayed in touch since then uh, which sounds weird saying and then when i started this podcast a couple of years later i was like look i'm going to give this a go now i'd done his show he, he had a show called um ricky Gervais's deadly serious on uh, and I, and i did that and when i saw him i was like i'm i'm giving this a go would you come on mine and he was like yeah sure so he kind of took a punt on me as well cuz the show wasn't really anything special when he came on and once you get and it's like a cheat code because once you get Ricky Gervais on you send that to someone and go Gervais has been on so then like ah oh, well you'll probably get Jack Whitehall you'll probably get Russell Howard you will probably like they they're all in the same field they all respect each other and then um and then it's like I never would have thought like, like right this is the way I put it yeah so when it comes to like being a being a popular YouTuber I never thought I'd be popular but I knew I had what it takes like I knew I was like I knew I was a bit funny I knew I, knew I could uh, I I can stand the sound of my own voice whereas a lot of people like it, ter- it turns them off sort of thing but I knew I, I was going to do something in the entertainment industry I never ever knew that my podcast would be something that people would care about because I as your listeners are finding out now I waffle quite a lot so I never ever thought it'd be big and then so we just kept on along with that the likes of um Deborah Meaden from Dragon's Den. And I and I got her just by DMing her. I goes, Do you want to come on? And she went, Yeah, I'm in London tomorrow. I went, brilliant. Um, and we we nearly killed her when she came on because she she's tiny and she went to um put the chair down, but she pressed the wrong lever and it's and the back of the chair flipped down and pinned her against the desk. I thought, shit, we've killed Deborah Meaden. That's a that's a sun headline waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> but no, we um we yeah we just got loads loads along the way. Everyone's been so kind to give us their time. And then we signed to Spotify about two years ago and they have a booking team now so life's a bit easier. They'll just they'll just put people for us.
0: And what with Spotify
1: then is uh, exclusivity so you wrote you're only on Spotify or yeah 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 yeah. So the full audio can only ever be listened to on Spotify. We're still allowed to like extract uh, extract like the best clips and put them up on our YouTube channel. Because yeah. essentially I'm a YouTuber, I can't lose that element of it. I still had to sort of hold a bit of that, but yeah, that's essentially what it is. They just pay us money to keep it on their platform and nowhere else.
0: That's a bit of a weight off for you that that kind of Spotify look after everything, so you don't have to go around like responses and stuff.
1: Like it's all looked after by Spotify, and then you just turn up and record. 100% mate 100% they tell us what ad reads to do so I don't I can say no to them but like I'll come in and they'll say oh can you do an ad read for BT or Manscaped or whatever and the script's already done so I'll, I'll just read that out but yeah um it, it's such a weight lifted because it's just like it, it's just pays mine and Robbie's and Stevie's salaries and you just get to chat shit and they're great as well because you, you would think a company like Spotify like being a big huge media organization like that that they would water it down or they would tell you what to say if anyone's listened to our show, we do not get watered down with, as I mentioned, a Ted Bundy every other week. So <laughs> they're, uh, they're spot on.
0: <laughs> Who would your number one be that you had on? The one that you'd go, if you had to recommend someone to go and listen, if they're not listening, like the episode that you think's the
1: number one? Well, what we do is on a Monday, we do a main show, which is just us three hosts chatting shit. And people sit like they're the fan favourites. And then on Thursday, we have a guest episode uh, and, and they can vary quite a lot from who we get. So I probably wouldn't recommend a guest episode because you're not really getting the essence of the show. So I'd say go and listen to me, Robbie and Stevie chat shit. We did an episode recently where we read our listeners' confessions. Uh, they they submitted them anonymously and there's some nuts out there. And we kind of just uh, pick that apart. Now like in terms of guest episodes, uh, I guess a lot of your listeners will be football fans. So I'd probably recommend the Ben Foster episode, obviously former Watford goalkeeper. He is... I say it a lot, I sound like a broken record, but he is hands down one of the nicest people we've ever met on, and a lot of these guests, uh, especially the celebrity guests and the people in the limelight, they come, They you've you interviewed like plenty of musicians as well, so you know what it's like, they come, they'll, they'll do an hour, or however long, they'll leave, you'll never really hear of them again, apart from if they their team get in contact and say, actually don't put this in, don't put that out, um, and and I can't claim to be friends with many of the guests that have been on our podcast, but Ben is definitely a mate now, like, and we'll speak regularly and stuff, and he is just an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, and
0: he's
1: doing doing well doing his own content as well, isn't he? 100% with the Cycling GK and he's got a new show now called The Football Fill-In. I've, when I, like, I met him expecting to meet a footballer, but I met a YouTuber who's quite good at football. Like, that's, that's, that's weird. That's the best way to put it. Like, I thought he would be a, uh, a, a footballer who's quite good at YouTube. Now nah, football was very much secondary to him um, at that point. Uh, Watford fans are probably going to hate hearing that, but yeah. <laughs> he give his best when he was when he was there. You know what I mean? But he 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 loved it. He 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 loves their uh, YouTube. Uh, I think uh, what my favorite and the first one I listened to, which introduced me to the podcast,
0: was the one when you had Robbie on for the first yeah time as a guest. Um,
1: yeah,
0: it was there a, st- a couple of years ago now. Wasn't it a story about him getting his balls trapped in a zippers or losing a testicle
1: or something? Yeah, his, his, his testicles got twisted in the night and then he had to go to the hospital to... Uh, to, to yeah, no, it's funny. It's fucking funny. Like he, he he went to the hospital to try and get them untangled and he, he swears down, this is true, he, he was about to get like put to sleep or whatever and then they were like, no, no, this is it. So he he went in for his consultation and they were going, Robbie Knox, blah, 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 blah 35 years old, whatever, and then they went extraction and then he went, sorry, what? And then they went extraction. He went, "What well, that means? That means taking the, the testicles out, doesn't it?" And then they went, "Yeah." And he went, "No, no, 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 no. You're, you're not, you're not twisting. You're untwisting them." And then when he went back in to be put to sleep, he heard he was going under, and he thought that he heard them go extraction. Obviously, he didn't. He was just on the on the hospital drugs or whatever. But he thought, imagine that you go in to get them untwisted. You wake up and you've, you've got gone. no. <laughs> You've
0: got no. I mean, that is a lawsuit and a half. That <laughs> yeah. my uh, my favorite Robin Ox story is the uh, the Oasis one when uh, the well 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 it, yeah that story is so funny when he's like he goes with his mate and he go watch Oasis he went Liam, I'm sure Liam Gallagher's just waved at me or was it no no <laughs> yeah yeah. What,
1: yeah
0: he said I'm sure he's just waved. he's not looking at you he's not looking at you like going like that he's like what do you think you are not Gallagher's not st- like looking at you and then they finish the song and go well 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 Robbie Knox <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and he goes I guess it's a different Robbie Knox is it <laughs> have you heard his story about being in a in a cupboard with Liam Gallagher yeah I think he told it on the pod yeah oh, yeah phenomenal people have to go back and listen to that episode that you did with Robbie because that is he you can wind that man up and give him one a random word and he'll have a good story about it so he, he's just top class
0: so we talk about content and we're both in the game of like creating content that man is a content machine until you turn anything into entertainment
1: yeah 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 he, he's actually what made youtube great like youtube was just like the every man do you know what i mean like oh i'm gonna do it one of my first ever favorite videos was from that charlie is so cool like guy that i mentioned and he he bought 10 packets of wine gums and i was like fucking hell youtube's doing all right if he's ordered 10 packets of wine gums and he uh he, he pulled them all out on his floor and he did a Float, he did a bar chart of how many different colored wine gums you get, which is dog shit. Like, that's drivel content, but that was what made YouTube great. Like, we, we'd we seen all the blockbuster movies, we'd seen Netflix and all that stuff. Like, well, maybe not Netflix at the time, but you know what I mean. And YouTube come along and was just like little home movies. And now you see these people going, like, Vic star from the sidemen, uh, my new seven million pound flat tour. It's like, oh, that's re- relatable. Whereas Robbie Knox goes, uh, my five hundred fifty pound shed tour, stuff like that. It's a uh, fifty five pound um, Sainsbury's Hall was yeah, that was the,
0: it. yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> uh, was called his um, what was it? Vauxhall Astra the uh, the supercar. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? Oh, there was one intro to a, a YouTube video he did where he was like, uh, "I I was the first goalkeeper to play at Wembley. I've <laughs> I, I've met all of these top stars at soccer. am. I was like this." And then today I'm going to the tip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So good. And who, how did you meet Robbie? I was doing a cooking show weirdly and for a moi soy sauce. And, um, and he was on another team. He was on a, he was on a completely uh, different team and it was weird because I knew straight away I liked him. The, the testicle story was one of the first things he said to me when he came over. And then, um, uh and then at one point he was like and like let's be honest I think Robbie will be the first to say it he's he, he was called tramp on Soccer AM for a reason right he's got a certain look to him as Robbie and he and he came over and um he had uh, he had long hair he had a mustache and he was like wearing these baggy clothes and he got his phone out and he was like got a different phone case on my iPhone today and I was like why and he went just want the cameras to pick it up, so they think i have got a bit of money. Like, <laughs> so he's just got multiple phones, and then by the last episode, he was getting twenty pound notes and just hanging them out of his pockets. Suddenly, while we were chopping up onions and stuff, and I thought, I like this guy. It's absolutely pointless, but hilarious. Uh, he's one of
0: the he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I know you say about Ben Foster being the East Side son but with
1: um, with Robbie, genuinely, what a massive art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's he's quality. How did how did you meet him? Um. I, so this is, a,
0: I don't know if I've ever told the story, so he put an Instagram story up where he took, um, he like did a screenshot of something he was on Google, but yeah. the other tab said how to, um, how easy is a penis reduction or something like that, but it was like really small at the top, It's like, oh, how to get your penis reduced. I, was, like, <laughs> I replied and put like laughing my head off, and he's like, you're the only one who's noticed. So, so I got his attention then, and I was like, that's brilliant, mate, like, we're in. I said, do you want to come on my podcast? so went, yeah, go on then. Oh, really? Yeah, and then um, I got chatting to him about what I did, and then he messaged me a few weeks later. He's like, I've got some work in London, if you fancy it. Like, come and do a day. And we filmed to Tahar at, like, a JJB in London. <laughs> and we've kept in touch ever since. So it was because he just put this, he did this, like, search. and. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like, like, kicked on to He's like, you're the only one who's noticed that. Like, I thought it was going to be hilarious. No one's noticed. It was like, it's a bit random, really. That's quality.
1: That's quality. What was you doing with Wilfred Zaha? Was that the goal of the month thing?
0: No, it was, um, Carlin, Carlin, it was some of what, when Robbie was making his videos, like the corporate stuff. And yeah. it was like, we gave a kit to a local team and Wilfred Zaha turned up to give him his kit or something like that. Oh, fair,
1: fair. Mate, it's crazy, That's isn't cool. it? How, like, replying to a little Insta story can lead to just... Yeah. Anything. Yeah. If you knock on ninety-nine doors, it'll be the hundredth one that opens, isn't it? Mhm. Mhm. Exactly that. Exactly that. If you slag off a hundred people, it'll be the calendar that works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then through that, and then through that, one day he messaged
0: me and went, "You got much work?" And I went, "No, not really." He said Tim you was looking for a podcast producer. Oh
1: wow! Unreal. So he, he looked after me. Yeah, that's quality, that mate. I love that. I love Robbie so much. Shout out Robbie Nuts. I could do a whole episode on Robbie Nuts. You know. Yeah, we yeah <laughs> the favorite Robbie Knox stories. He, yeah, yeah, unreal.
0: How do you deal with with the other side of things? So obviously, when things go well, it's it's brilliant and stuff. But I, I get a few comments and stuff, and I'm not nowhere near the level that you are with listeners and viewers and stuff. So when you get abuse, have you learned to cope with that?
1: I I really I, I really have in terms of um in terms of like people just slagging me. Like at the moment, I'm getting pelters for my new teeth. So I got um, I got veneers. I like... noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I got got veneers like three, four months ago, and ev- ev- like people were absolutely giving me pelters. It's quite funny. It's it's quite it is quite funny. If I'm if I'm mentally in a good place, I can take it all day long. But sometimes I'm just not so like the thing that hurts me and and I've said this before but um, West Ham fans not all of them some of them are absolute legends but um, a lot of West Ham fans hate me like they really can't they really can't stand me because last year in the Europa League like I don't go to away games right and when people like there's this sort of gatekeeping that we have in football now where if you don't go to every fucking game then you're a plastic fan despite my dad putting a like West Ham beanie hat on me when I was three months old and I cried my eyes out when I first went to Upton Park. Like, I have them met. I'm, a, I'm, I'm covered in West Ham tattoos. Like, but that's not enough for some people because I don't go to away games, despite London Stadium being an away game for me because that's two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back. But anyway, um, I used to get a lot of stick when I'd go to the games, a lot of stick. Um, and I put out a tweet in anger which I think was justified. Like, I, like, I it, it was it was it was a stupid tweet. I put out a tweet. Say, someone said, "You're not West Ham." And then I replied, and I got no, got no qualms repeating it now. Although I don't believe it, but I said what because I'm not a skinhead wearing, uh, no skinhead, Stone Island wearing uh, racist, right? Which is obviously horrible and it's general uh, generalising a whole fan base. And the majority of West Ham fans aren't that. But that was coming from a place of anger. I'd been going to the gut. I was able to get my dad a season ticket, right? Which we couldn't dream of when I was a kid in a council flat, like. Um, or living in my uncle's box room trying to move beer cans out the way to get to my door like so that meant a lot to me and then going there and hearing people going oh look at you you plastic I was angry and I put a tweet out and I don't stand by those words today but I stand by the sentiment of what I was what I was venting um and then anyway so so that comes back to bite me a bit and I completely understand why it would as as I've said um and then last year I got my dream job I got to work with West Ham as a presenter um and I told my dad in the, in his kitchen that I'd got this job. And we had a little sort of moment where we had a hug for the first time in years. And it means a lot to me being able to do that job. And I went out to uh, the European games. I was out in Zagreb and Leon and Sevilla. And I'm under no illusion that I'm very fucking lucky to be able to get this job because I don't have as many priority points as other people. But the thing is, I'm a presenter. I I, I have value in what I do. Like, like I, West Ham hire me I'm going to get them a few extra views like that's what that's how a business works right and West Ham fans as a a small portion of them but a very loud portion of them hated this because they were like I should be there I should be there not realizing that I'm I'm working when I'm there I'm like I'm I'm, like and also Declan Rice is a Chelsea fan so 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 so, like they're, they're going like you're 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 from Norwich you're not a you're not a proper fan well Uh, Oh, sorry this is it this is my point because I took a camera guy with me right so I took um I took Stevie White who's a Man U fan right but he's just he's filming me he's just there to work right and they were going you're a prick you've you've taken a ticket away from someone else but Declan Rice is a Chelsea fan and we're going over there with the whole West Ham media team 10% of them are West Ham fans but we're doing we're working as part um so long story short that's the only sort of part of the online hate that I get that gets to me because you you know what it's like imagine if all Derby fans hated you you feel like you're part of a you're part of a family and your own fucking family are hating you and I mean my relationship with my mum has already broken down so I'd quite like to have a relationship with the West Ham lads if that's okay even if they are a bunch of Stone Island wearing they're all right they're all right Oh god.
0: I was going to ask you what you you reckon to West Ham's chances this season, but there's a more pressing question because the Jesse Lingard going to Nottingham Forest thing is is quite a big story around here because obviously they think it's the um the best thing ever and I think it's slightly strange. But what do you think about it, about the, city, the the thing of him kind of turning West Ham down to go to newly promoted Nottingham Forest for potentially just more money?
1: Is that what it was? Because I'm hearing reports now that Forest didn't off like that West Ham offered more wages than uh Forrest, but but I'm hearing that Forrest offered a hefty sign on uh, bonus okay. and uh, and um uh, a clause that if they stay up, he'll he'll receive a lot of money as well. I think it's a weird one because don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have him back because he gave us some moments that like I've got um shirts on the back I've got a, I've got i I've got a Jay Lings one but that's not made. that's not made the wall <laughs> it's not quite made the wall um but no he's um he's I don't think he'll be able to replicate what he did in those sort of 15-16 games for West Ham that was his purple patch that was his that was really him and his pomp wasn't it um I think I would love it now as much as I, I like, say, Ben Rama for West Ham, there's talks that Forrest are in for him. So I would love it if we sent if we sold Ben Rama to Forrest and he benched Jesse. So Jesse turned us down and we were like, well, you'll still not be playing for Forrest this season, mate. So but I can't imagine that will happen. I I'm gonna put it out there now. I don't think he'll score. I don't think he'll score more than six goals this season. Really? What do you think? Yeah, similar.
0: I think he'll score five six, and I think if you if if as a marquee signing for a, a, a club that's come up, and you're paying even if it's eighty, a hundred grand, whatever it's I've seen various reports, but you've got to be scoring twenty goals and winning games for yeah. them to make that worth it. I mean, I don't see I don't see where his value comes in. I don't see what you're getting for that because great player. Don't get me wrong, and nothing against the bloke, but I just don't. See I don't see what they're getting for that. There's
1: a hell of a lot of pressure on him as well because he will be on a lot more wages than everyone else in that in that team. And, and if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't hit the ground running, mm. uh, and I mean, I saw on that sofa score at score the weekend they. They lost two 0 to Newcastle, didn't they? I saw that he got the he was the lowest rated player on the team. Now I know it's very early days and it takes time to bed in, but imagine like you're a play you're a decent player in that Forest squad. You might be on what thirty grand, forty grand a week, something, and then Jesse's knocking about one hundred and fifty or whatever he's on. If he's not pulling the strings from day one, they might be looking at him going, "Why is his Why is his purse so much bigger than mine?" Like it, 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 it don't. I there's a high risk. To, to to uh to this. And I mean I like I, I like the bloke a lot, but I can't say the, the West Ham fan of me wouldn't be a little bit giddy if it all sort of blew up. I
0: can't
1: wait. Yeah. A- <laughs> <laughs> what's your predictions for Forest? Do you think they'll stay up?
0: I think they're gonna struggle. And that's yeah. I I just because what they did last season, and fair play to had an incredible season. Like they kind of brought the city back together because they've, they've been away for a long time. The best season they've had in, in years, and they've just tore tore that apart and made thirteen, fourteen signings. I just mm. some sort of, like the, the whole the whole reason that they they did well and got there. They've kind of torn it up. So it's, I think it's a massive gamble, and I think I just think they're going to struggle. I just don't see their home games are massive for Forest. They, they do have a brilliant atmosphere at home, so I think. Right. They've got to win the home games. Yeah. But I do think well, they are going to struggle.
1: Well, at the time we're recording, their next game is West Ham uh, on Sunday at, at, the, at the Forest Ground. Is it called City the Grand. Forest? What's it called? City Ground. City Ground. Um, yeah, it's there. And uh, I don't, I think they might, I think they might turn us over we play. We, we our centre backs are all injured. We got new, we got the new sign in Gwerd, he was injured. Dawson's injured. Og Bonner don't look the same after his big injury. We've got um Ben Johnson, who I love to bits, but, but he he's a, he's a he's a um he's a wing back, so uh, playing him in the centre is it, it didn't look too great against City, but. I, I don't know. I, I just think, like you say, the atmosphere is good. It's their first home game in the Premier League in so long, like in the, in the top flight in so long. I think I, I'd i take a draw. <laughs> and this is why West Ham fans hate me, Blake. Yeah, I was just <laughs> And I bet you've got a ticket when someone who went to every game after <laughs> No, I haven't. I gave mine to Stevie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you reckon we this season then? What do you what do you
1: reckon? Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to replicate what we've done because obviously no one expected us to finish in the Europa League places two seasons ago. Um, we was able to actually, a lot of people when they go and play, a lot of teams when they go and play on the Thursday night and go deep into a, like a um, European competition, they let their league form dip and we definitely saw a bit of that at the end. But, we still finished seventh and we could have leapfrogged Man United on the last day. So the last two years have been decent. I don't think we'll quite see that again this year because we've seen a lot. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of changes. I actually do think it's going to be a huge difference around the club now Mark Noble's gone. I was there yesterday interviewing some of the players um, at the training ground and I, I was actually speaking to, to one of the players and I said, what's it like now Mark's gone? And they went, it's different. It is different. Like, there's, like, there's, no, there's a lot less jokes, but also there's... I can't can't speak 100%, but I would imagine that Mark kind of, if anyone played up, Mark would put him in there. That man's West Ham through and through. Now, obviously, we've got Declan stepping up who's going to be able to, hopefully, he's learned a lot from Mark over the last few years, but I'm probably waffling a bit there. But I think it's a very, very different vibe than we've seen in previous years. And I would take 10th, if it meant we had like a deep run in the FA Cup, I love the FA Cup and, and I would love uh, quarters, semis in the FA Cup. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll shake your hand for that now. Have you had Mark Noble on the podcast? Nah, now nah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I, I once fed him a pig in blanket. We did, um, we did a Christmas episode of a series I do with West Ham called snack wars last year. And um, I was dressed in a green elf suit and I had to, have Christmas dinner with him, Lanzini, and Vlasic. And uh I was sat there and Mark said the, one of the first things he said to me, I went, Oh mate, you're the hero. I went, I remember seeing you make your debut for West Ham. He went, What's that accent? I went, I'm from Norwich. He went, why are you? Why, why, why don't you support Norwich then? I was like, Mark, come on, Mark, don't do that, don't break my fucking heart. You sound like every other West Ham fan, <laughs> and that's why they love Mark Noble and they despise me. But <laughs> no, he, he's um, he is quality. To be fair, he is quality. I'd love to have him on. I think he's just taking a big old break from football at the moment. Yeah, I think it's going
0: to be hard for him when it's. You can see that he loved it and it was his life day in day out, and then to have go from that to not. It's a big thing in it to, to kind yeah. of live that massive part of your life.
1: I think the club should definitely give him a big role, like a technical director or something like that. I think they should get it. Uh, well, no, I think he should be in the academy really because he can instill some lessons in them young lads and even the women's team and stuff like that. Like He can, he can instill some some big, big lessons that basically just just tell those people and, and show those people that what West Ham are all about. And I think he deserves like a big role in the academy. He is proper West Ham for any. You can see it from the outside. He's proper where he's he's (laughs) brought away stem he used to go to Upton Park um, to the bowling ground and and sneak in when he was a kid and he's just I think he's got the keys to Canning Town as well so yeah he's just just the the goat there's no one comes close to Mark Noble no one comes close how did you cope with the the move from Upton Park to the stadium what did you think of that when it it first happened obviously I was the same as all the other fans really I I found the ground to be a bit soulless um, and I think it's just hard with anything and it changes always gonna be the criticism's always gonna be there when when you love something so much and that and that goes. And Upton Park was just was just special. It was like one of these sort of like old grounds. We still see quite a lot of them old grounds in the championship and stuff. And 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 I, I love them. But now I've got it's got to be said. I'm warming to the London Stadium quite a lot because we we a a house isn't a home until you put memories in it. And last year we beat Sevilla there in in, in extra time, uh, turned down a one nil deficit, and and Yarmolenko scored like a hundred twelfth minute winner or something. And like them, they're they're, they're, they're That's special, that's special. So now when we go there, the atmosphere just seems like it's risen a little bit more. And I think slowly but surely the club are making that more of a football arena rather than a multi-sports sort of venue. So if we can get them seats a little bit closer to the pitch. um, I know when we first moved in as well, they were all white seats and now they're claret. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm warming to it. I'm warming to it. It's starting to feel like home. Uh, Yeah, with that quote then, it's like a wall transfer that like
0: a... Uh, oh, a middle aged woman would have on the living room. So
1: he's got memories in it. <laughs> yeah. <all> live life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seafood, eat it. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, mummy. <man>,
0: <laughs> Wine o'clock. <laughs> Wait, what's, um, have you got a plan? For, like career-wise? Have you got stuff like a, a list of what you want to achieve or have you got
1: things you want to tick off, a place you want to be in, in a certain amount of time? I'm really just happy where I am Blake to be honest I, I, I'm loving it, I never would have dreamt that I'd be here I'd get to um, do what I do day to day for a living so I, I, I'm super super happy, uh, I'm just going to keep plodding along doing what I want to do um, I want to take happy hour on tour I want to do stand-up uh, because I, I, I did stand-up um, uh, This, what's the venue now? Clapham, Clapham Grand. I think it yeah, was yeah. at the Clapham Grand. Um, I, I supported Max Fosh when, um, when he did this show and it was, it was like three tiers full of people. I was, I've never ever been so nervous for something in my life. Max was doing a full hour of comedy. I was just doing five minutes of just waffle and I, and I was shit myself. So I do want to go into that. I want to do stand up. Uh, but overall, I just want to keep on doing exactly what I'm doing now and enjoying life. What's your career highlight? Like? That's a fucking good question there. It's a good question. I can't ever look past that first ever interview with Ricky Gervais. That was something that I I I wanted my whole life and, and it couldn't have gone any better really. Um, and then the career highlight, hitting a million subscribers was always a, a a goal, was always a metric I wanted to hit. And then I reckon now probably getting the Spotify deal and just being financially comfortable and getting to do what I love. So there's there's the top three, I'd say.
0: I always ask this to, to people that, that make content, and Robbie Knox um, when I first started this, uh, he gave me about, like the best piece of advice I've ever had. And it was like uh, I said, "What's what's your advice for, for doing stuff like this?" He was like, "Don't worry about numbers. Don't worry about what people like any what, how many people are viewing it. He went, Just make it as good as you can each time, and people will come." And I, I I've I've got a little clip of it, and I've watched it like all the, like, I watch it all the time. Mm. So I ask people like what would your advice be for someone who's like got ideas wants to make content get something out there like what's your one piece of advice to like a young content
1: creator i think that's spot on from robbie i really i, I really do I, i've had times when i've been putting out content trying to make money like at the forefront of my motivation and it hasn't worked and then when i make something that i genuinely love and put my heart and soul into people see that that shines through in the content but to give you a slightly different answer i would say consistency is everything like you're always going to put out what you consider to be the best anyway right but you need to constantly be put, pumping putting it out putting it out putting it out because because of how many people there are, if you don't post for two weeks, someone might forget about you, and that might be the last time you ever come into their mind. Happy hours, two episodes every single week. You can't forget about us. We're we're here. We're there. So consistency, consistency. Be consistent. Incredible, mate. I really appreciate your time and, and
0: coming on. It's been it's been great to chat. And without like blowing smoke, uh, I've followed your content for a long time, so it's it's great to actually. So well, I met you the week dressed as Colonel Sanders.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which was um, was a bit mad, didn't it? That FIFA tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was a bit mad. We'll do it again next year if Robbie's kind enough to invite us. But um, yeah, it was a load of fun that, mate. And yeah, thank you so much for having having me on the pod. Uh, great to chat with you. You were cracking me up the other day. Um, just as I'll miss the chicken. So yeah, that was that was top class. Nice one mate Yeah. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Nice one, mate. All the best.